You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. You're listening to episode 76. And if you have listened to last week's episode, you know that was a monumental effort on my part to not go back to my old ways. Um, We had it pointed out to me last week that I always say, welcome back to episode 76. But it was pointed out that you can't welcome somebody back to an episode they're listening to for the first time. So... Uh, to that individual, I say, welcome back to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. We're glad that you're here. And I'm also glad that the people, the proletariat, <laughs> stood by, behind me <laughs> in our dispute last week over the quote-unquote, the so-called critically acclaimed movie Hook. And they so, have firmly sided with me. So I'm going to turn that on your head because last week... Uh, when we looked at Rotten Tomatoes and the expert review was 29% and the people's review was like 75 or 79%, whatever it was, you said, no, the people's voice doesn't matter. It's the experts. So, but now when it, this serves you well, you know, the, you know well, here's what you, here's what you've missed there, Matt. Uh, they didn't agree with me in that, but here they have. Oh, so okay. therefore there it's it is. more valid. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the echo chamber. There it is. Yeah. Welcome to uh, 2022. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that. Speaking of echo chamber, I'm literally sin- sitting in an echo chamber now. Uh, just a little peek behind the curtain for you, listener. We, uh, Matt and I had to flee as refugees from our offices <laughs> where we normally record because there's like an actual literal jackhammer going out, going on outside of our door yes. as we, uh, like we're in the middle of a building project here at First Baptist Tupelo. So we tried to go and sit in the same room in, um, the other end of the building and it just, it was not working out. And we've come to the conclusion that we just don't know how to record the podcast sitting in the same room. I know. Like, it, you know, it, it's a podcast that was born of COVID. So we, we are now I'm sitting in a room that's like just 10 feet away from where Matt is uh, just I to keep it authentic. How do I uncovid my life? I can't. <laughs> so still social distancing at the better than fiction Bible podcast. Hmm. <laughs> That's right. Not just social distancing. We've just learned that we're, we just don't know how to relate to each other and record the podcast. <laughs> I feel if like we're in the same room. I feel like we need to go back to the hook thing because I was utterly devastated by the responses from that. Yeah. I well, just, you, it, it, you know what? We, we are recording this on Wednesday, the day after the episode went live. And the amount of people that we had write to us at the at better than fiction bible podcast.com was actually was outstanding like more people wrote in to give their take on hook yeah but all, all the write-ins were like it's not a good movie well that's right the people's voice e- even the pe- even the people who know me personally and so we're like trying to be sympathetic to my perspective were like i see where nathan is coming from but it's still not a good movie <laughs> And I was like, so, I think, and several people, just so that you wouldn't have the gratification, like texted me personally instead of writing into the show. Uh, and they're like, I don't want to give him any ammunition, but it's not a great movie. Um, and I think, I think the most damaging thing I heard was, I mean, it's not good, but if I'm flipping channels, 
Uh, it's it's like that Kevin Bacon movie Tremors. I'll watch it, and I was like, "Ouch, ouch!" <laughs> so I am I might just silently protest this whole episode. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> well, I you know, um, shout shout out to our super fans. By the way, we we actually had um we had more people write in to our website for this hook thing than we did when we asked people to give encouragement to Matt when he was injured and in the hospital. So I don't know that's what that so, says. But, that's uh, so wrong. Oh, that's funny. Oh, but, uh, goodness. We, we, but we really do appreciate the people who write in. Um, shout out to, let's see if I, I can think of our na- the names off the top of my head. Uh, Caitlin Flowers, first of all, who has written into us for like the past three episodes. That's qualified super fan. Caitlin. Um, yeah. There, there are no rewards. There, there is no backer program. But uh, if there was, uh, you'd be in it. Gand- um, Gandalf says that there are better than fiction Bible podcast mugs, and there there are three mugs that exist. Yes. Okay, and I I still haven't gotten mine. I'm just plugging that on air to add pressure. Um, but if we had extra mugs to give away, and I already had one, I would give one to the super fans. Oh well, maybe I should give that one to Caitlin. There it is. And yep. <laughs> Just, just forgo yours altogether. How about that? There it is. That's exa- Nathan. R- r- remind me who's our other super fan that's r- that writes into us a lot. So I, I want to say two. One is a uh, local Corinthian, uh, Jenny Gregory, who's a member here at First Baptist Corinth, and another is a friend from uh, Columbia, Becky Wilkes. Even even though neither of them found Hook a good movie, so I was tempted to pretend to forget their names on air. <laughs> I, I'm not well, because I'm not petty and I'm certainly not bitter about how this whole thing went about. Well, well, well actually speaking of uh, bitter and petty, that's oh, a great segue to that is uh, the, sub- great the subject of our 16 of our um, discussion today. Cause we're actually, this is monumental. Oh yeah. That, that wasn't me being actually bitter and petty. That was me providing a segue that, yeah, let's interpret <laughs> it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, this is big cause we're actually moving on to, uh, Genesis 16 after 10 episodes in 15, which I think is probably the longest we've ever lingered on a single chapter before, if I'm not mistaken. Because seminary. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, for I'm going to make, I'm gonna make a terrible pun. I had to justify the time I spent oh, my studying. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Is that. T- don't I, laugh, I don't, listeners. I don't, don't think laugh, the listeners though, got that, but oh I got gosh. that. <laughs> Don't, don't acknowledge, oh don't acknowledge goodness. if you like, let's not encourage so it. Awful. That is right. that there's like dad humor and there's pastor humor. And when they intersect, it's, it's especially not funny. Yeah. Um, so that, I, that's like beyond pastor humor. That's seminary humor. But <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to point out that I read last week, so I'm not reading Genesis. 16 you know what? In, just... in concession of my defeat over the status <laughs> of Hook within the American canon of films. I'll read this week. What am I reading? Uh, we're going to uh, read the whole chapter this week. Of course we are, because it's me. That's um, right. But there are no uh, genealogies. To, to, to quote Jim Carrey from another great American classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, of course when I say we, I mean you, right? <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to look at the whole chapter, and we're going to talk about it much like we did Genesis 15. We're going to look at an overview and then we're going to go back and talk more specifically about other things in future weeks. But maybe not 10 episodes. Probably not. Okay. We can't promise anything. Right. There it is. But God can, and we'll talk about that today. Um, Amen. So Genesis 16, listeners, as always, we are from the ESV, and I will be reading the whole chapter. 
Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing, which could also be translated the God who sees me. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Be'er Lahairoi. It lies between Kadesh and Bereth. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. This is such a beautiful story. Yeah, there's Even a lot of layers. Uh, I, I heard like six or seven episodes as I was reading. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot there. So I want to start off by asking Gandalf, like you've just, you've just heard this story. We've just read it to you. But if I were to say, Gandalf, name me this story, uh, there is a, a foreigner that was welcomed or placed in the household of a family, and then something eventually goes bad. And involving fertility. Involving fertility. And then that foreigner starts to be harshly treated and oh by the way this foreigner is an egyptian and she is driven into the wilderness where she meets god and actually calls god el roi which is the god who sees or um the god who sees me uh and it's interesting that god names her son ishmael which means god hears so is there Another story about fleeing, someone fleeing into the wilderness and meeting with God, saying, I have seen and heard your oppression. Now go back and, and go back to where I've sent you. And then ultimately, we're going to find in another chapter that she is driven away again when she is driven out into the wilderness and God makes Ishmael a great nation. Uh, it sounds a lot like the Israelites in Egypt. It sounds a lot like what we talked about in the previous chapter about being 
sojourners and then, you know, of their eventual exodus. And it also sounds like this was would be hot on their minds when they first read this. Again, yeah. Living the exodus while you're hearing Genesis or reading Genesis. Yeah, that, that's going to be a mug. <laughs> that's right. So it's and it's, I might even it's interesting. get one. Nathan, remind us about where likely we we picked up Hagar in the Abram family. Yeah, so I I, th- I think our best guess as to uh, Hagar's origins were the first time that Abram was down in Egypt. You know, God calls Abram at the beginning of chapter twelve, and again, very importantly, when we are introduced to Abram and Sarai at the end of eleven, Abram and a has no kids. Drove him down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's all connected. Yeah. Um, conspiracy theories. Um, but uh, when we're first introduced to Abram and Sarai, he has no kids and she's barren, right? right. And then God mm-hmm. promises to make them a great nation. And that here we are. Uh, he's been in the land of promise for 10 years and he still has no kids. She's barren. Um, and so we're introduced to Hagar in this, which uh, right after God called Abram in the first half of Genesis 12, they go down to Egypt land. And interestingly, in Egypt, Pharaoh wants to take Sarai as a wife and try to have kids through her, and he is plagued. Man, you can hear the Exodus echoes there too, right? And so Mm -hmm. he sends Abram out with his plunder, and part of that plunder was probably this female servant or possibly a concubine of Pharaoh's by the name of Hagar. And now it's Sarai's idea for a huge role reversal. Abram, I have not borne you a son. God has prevented me from doing so. Why don't you go in with Hagar instead? Right. The famine of her womb drove her to a place where she would have not normally gone. So thinking about how in the end of Genesis, where the famine will drive Jacob's family down to Egypt, I mean, the fact that she can't have a baby drives her to this logic of, hey, Maybe I can have a baby through Hagar. Yeah, and, and by the way, the, the two big things that seem to drive uh, people in the ancient world, uh, and religiously, by the way, uh, and I think, I mean, you'll see this many times throughout the Old Testament, are uh, gods for food and gods for fertility. And we see both of those yeah. factoring over and over again into the biblical story. Um, and I, I do want to point out, it, it's interesting you hear a lot of things here. I mean, we talk about this sometimes in episodes, the way that they're tied together through the language. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, um, uh, we've talked about seeing, uh, like a lot of times in the early chapters of Genesis, we talked about, you know, saw, ra'ah, uh, uh, sometimes that something was good, tov, or beautiful, and so that they would take lakak. Um, and so it's interesting. So after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, his wife, Lakak, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her uh, to Abraham. And when he went into Hagar and she conceived, uh, and when she saw Ra'ah that she had conceived, she uh, looked with contempt on her mistress. So you see the Lakak and the Ra'ah. I want to focus on this next thing because this kind of precipitates the action of the passage with Sarai dealing harshly with her uh, you know, with her uh, servant here and ultimately, you know, becoming a, a castaway. Um, when it says she looked with contempt, that's the Hebrew verb kalal. And the first time we see that in Abraham's story or Abram's story is in Genesis chapter 12. 
And now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, literally kalows you, I will curse. And in and in you or by you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's interesting. You have this constant interplay of Egypt and Israel, right? And and these things never mix well, um, uh, terribly well in the story. There's always uh, there's always entanglements when e- Egypt and Israel mix. And so now they've brought an Egyptian servant into their household, uh, and we'll talk more about this in episodes to come. And it, it's resulting in contempt within the covenantal people. But you I were think talking that's interesting. about yeah, talking about fertility and comparing it to Exodus one. It was the children that Israel as a nation is going to have that is going to cause the Egyptians to deal harshly because they are threatened that, you know, they'll overpower them. They'll overpower them. And then later in this story, we don't see it in chapter 16, but Sarai is going to have a son and her son is going to be Isaac. And she wants Hagar and Ishmael gone because she does not want Ishmael and Hagar to to overthrow her son. So they eventually drive her out in in the wilderness. Uh, yeah, the the, the role the role revel, uh the role reversal uh from Sarai mistreating Hagar to later Egyptians mistreating Israel. That's that's a huge irony in the story. Uh and mm. we and we we've talked about this in previous episodes. Uh God's counsel to the Israelites after they're out of Egypt is is not to be harsh with sojourners. Beware foreign peoples. You've had bad experiences. It's be right. gracious because you were sojourners in the land of Egypt, right? Mm. Nathan, um, you said something before the podcast that it was good, um, talking about even though the people of God uh, abused Hagar, uh, the what was it exactly you said? The the God of the people did not to, did not. Yeah, and I actually want to table that a little bit more for next week's discussion uh, sure. as we deal with uh, – but we will come back to that. Yeah, um, the, the people of God, Sarai clearly – and again, not in a vacuum. Uh, you know, uh, it, it does say that uh, Hagar uh, looked with contempt uh, upon her mistress. That's that's fair. It's not – in other words, Sarai's mistreatment didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, right. it, it gives way to jealousy and comparison and – and by the way, one of the things that we have to talk about is this whole um, uh, Abraham uh, seeking to have uh, the child not through Sarah, but through her maidservant. This was not altogether a typical in the ancient world. If, if you know, if you have a, a a Bible backgrounds or a Bible backgrounds commentary, um, they solutions to infertility ranged. Uh, some would stay monogamous and divorce an infertile wife. Uh, some would turn to uh, polygyny, which uh, would, they would take on a second wife of equal status to bear them. Uh, some would do polycoity uh, from the word coitus, uh, and they would go in with the handmaids or concubines of their wife in order to seek an heir. Uh, and some would, as we saw with Eleazar, um, some would go uh, the adoption route. Uh, bringing someone into their household. So everything we see in this passage f- 
fits within the cultural norms of that day. And we have comparative text uh, from places like Mari and Nuzi and um, and Assyria. Uh, sometimes they actually put these in marriage contracts. So some Genesis scholars say uh, that uh, when Sarah is suggesting this, uh, uh, there may be a, this may be contractual. In other words, hey, we've tried for a decade. Let's let's go the Hagar route. Um, but one one well, of our, the I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, in other words, like a, a clause in a marriage contract. Um, there's one. Um, there's a, a marriage contract from Newsy, uh, and I'm going to butcher the names um, because, as we discussed, I'm not an Assyriologist. Um, uh, Shout out to those who got that from a previous episode. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a marriage contract from Nusi, uh, and this is from a few cent- uh, within a few centuries, but probably a little bit after the patriarchs. I'm going to butcher the names, but it says, uh, if Galimnanu bears children, uh, Shinema shall not take another wife. But if Galimnanu fails to bear children, Galimnanu shall get for Shin- Shinema a woman from the Lulu country, a slave girl as a concubine. In that case, Galimnanu herself shall her shall have authority over the offspring so even though it would be the second woman having the birth the supposed the the motherly maternal authority would go to the first wife mm. uh, so i i do think it's interesting and this is good fodder for next episode that not only does sarai not bear ishmael sarai is never a mother figure for ishmael hmm. uh, so i mean you just see you see the hostility that's brewing in this passage, right? Mm. But it, it's interesting to me that you're talking about uh, how this was kind of normal in the ancient world, because whenever I hear this story, it's almost always in the context of like, you know, look how bad Abraham messed up by, you know, you know, getting involved with other women. But it, apparently it's this set, was a normal yes. thing back then. So that's where we come into the whole, <laughs> the Bible is written for us, but it was not written to us. Like, I do Initially, not believe, yeah. yeah, I do not believe um, ancient readers were scandalized by this because, again, they're informed by the culture around them. And also, another thing, and I can't remember. No, ancient, ancient Israelites were like messing with Egyptians. What were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, 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 but that, that was probably the scandalous part to them. But again, and and this is spoiler alert. We'll talk about this again. You know, fast forward to First Kings three. Solomon comes to power, and Solomon is the wise king. The kingdom reaches its height uh, politically and economically under Solomon. But what's the first thing we hear about Solomon's reign that suggests things may not end well? Uh, what's marries first? Pharaoh's daughter. He marries Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, yeah. So God, God has this multi-book of the Bible journey of taking his people out of Egypt. And then mm. Solomon brings Egypt right back into Israel. Yeah. So, I mean, again, th- these are the things, but they would, I mean, they would, they would hear, you know, newly liberated slaves would hear that these elements in, they would hear the Exodus in Genesis 16. Um, right. But there, but there's a humbling role reversal there, you know? And then another thing is, is there is no scolding from God to Abraham. Like, I can't believe that you took Hagar. You know, that that's just, that's absent from the text. So that's just yeah, another that's, thing. That's, a, that's another thing that I often hear is like, okay, here's how Abraham goofed up real badly. But nowhere in that chapter do I see, 
you know, an admonishment of him from God. And and I'll be honest, that's something uh, Matt uh, and the, you know Matt and I have been discussing this stuff for a couple of years now uh, before the podcast podcast was birthed out of some of those discussions. I've been that guy who was harsh on Abraham, but he's never he's never admonished. He's never uh, gotten onto by God in this passage. Um, so mm-hmm. that's uh, Abraham and Sarai for the record are they know that part of God's promises to Abram involve an offspring and they're pursuing the options they know. So Nathan, you said something last week when we were doing our pre-recording discussion and already talking about this episode of how the, the subject headings for chapters sometimes will say things that the text does not say. Um, for instance, in sections of the Bible, the bold mm-hmm. print stuff, where it'll make a judgment call about, you know, like Abraham's folly or, you know, something like that. Uh, That's not what mine says, but it's Mine just says Sarai and Hagar for this one. Right. But it's interesting that we feel the need to make judgment calls on ancient behaviors when the text is just silent. there, There is no reprimand from God or anything like that. So Matt, Matt, to speak to your point again, um, there's so many places in the Bible. One of my favorite places to go is John chapter four, the woman at the well, mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, you know, Jesus says you've had five husbands and the man you're living with currently is not your husband. Right. Um, we hear that and we think to ourselves, this lady gets around, but the text yeah. never, the text never says that. The and text never a, says that. And, and then also, a, and she's a ahead. Samaritan and the Samaritans only affirm the first five books of the Bible as canonical, the Torah. And there is no provision for a female to leave a man in those chapters. That's right. I was just going to point that out. She, this woman had been left five times. That's it. She's it's, she's it's been. Or not, maybe maybe her husbands have died, or maybe she's failed to produce an heir, or maybe right. she's been divorced five times. But her status is so lowered. Uh, she's probably not been given a certificate of divorce to make make her a you know a worthwhile candidate. Uh, but she's been so tarnished by that that the current man who will provide for her physically will not provide for her socially by doing the honorable thing of marrying her. It right. That flips. But again, we bring that to the text. We don't get that out of the text, right? That's right. Um, and, uh, go, well, and I was, when I was just going to tie that back to Genesis 16. Um, we, we, and I, we, I include myself in this. I've done this with this chapter. Um, we, we make judgment calls on this characters that, the text does not. Um, mm. And it, it is interesting because this is all in that overarching context of God's covenant with Abraham. But when Abraham, not knowing any better, uh, when the characters take action in pursuit of that covenant and it creates complications rather than resolution, God is capable and faithful to engage not only his covenant, but also the complications we introduce into the story. And if that's not an overarching biblical theme, I don't know what is. Mm. Mm. Preach it, Nathan. Yep. I might. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like this is this is such an important thing that I, I feel like it's this is this is a big deal of this podcast as we talk about how important it is to read the Bible, you know, as it as it, it was first read, you know, in its context. Think about the people who first read it. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot is, you know, I've got a lot of unchurched friends, I've got a lot of, you know, gamer types online that I hang out with. And one of the things that I'm constantly struggling with is that they want to read modern times into 
ancient stories, right? They like I'm sure that if anyone, if any of my friends got 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 this far into the Bible to Genesis 16 and they read about, you know, the mistreatment of Hagar, they'd be like, man, why are we, why are you even following this religion? One of its founding members is like a guy who straight up abuses a poor woman. But you know, we read it, we look into it, and there, there's just a whole lot more that that's just under the surface. Yeah, it makes me think of us. Did y'all ever see the film Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks and Paul Newman? Never yeah. seen it. It's been a while. So it's it's about a, like a mafioso. It's a very slow burn, a gradual build movie. But uh, it's about a mob hitman and his one of his sons witnesses uh, an interaction gone bad where people end up dying, and the guy he's with is his boss's son. And he doesn't want to risk the liability of Tom Hanks's son. And so he goes to kill that son and ends up killing his other son and his wife. So the whole movie is Tom Hanks uh, essentially working against his boss to kill his boss's son in vengeance for his own slain son and wife. I'm surprised I got that out right the first time. Um, <laughs> and at one point, at one point, he meets with um, with his boss, who's played by Paul Newman, and underneath a church, which this, the imagery and the symbolism is so intentional, right? They're underneath a church, and his boss is trying to call him off from seeking vengeance, and uh, Paul uh, Tom Hanks's character says he killed, uh, he killed Annie and Peter. And uh, Paul Newman says, Michael, open your eyes. There are only murderers in this room. You know, so mm. often we want, we want God... Uh, in other words, you've done to other families what my son did to your family. When does the cycle end? Um, right. And uh, we, we want God coming to the Bible skeptically. We don't want to affirm the claims of Eden, but then we want to hold God accountable for working with a post-Eden people and a post-Eden culture and seeking a redemptive arc, right? God, yeah. God, God has no perfect people <laughs> and no perfect cultures with which right. to work this side of Eden. And and here's the here's the real kicker. Uh, eventually, when God plays his ace in the hole and comes to humanity as a man, as a perfect character, um, more than one culture, including God's own people, find that character worthy of death. And God uses it just like he does this story redemptively. So mm-hmm. God's God's better than we give him credit for being. Amen to that. Amen. Nathan, that's so good. And also, it makes me think about where we're going next week as uh, we have, we've we teased out where we're going. And we're going to see even more in the details of this, how God works with the imperf- imperfect understanding of his people, whether it's our imperfect understanding of them or their imperfect understanding of him when they were actually living this. And we're going to we're going to see that in full view next week. Yes, and uh, if you would like to see where we're going next week, then I pun, urge you pun intended. If you, if you would like to see <laughs> these guys, uh, okay, there we go, Nathan. Back on form, Nathan. You love to see it, but uh, <laughs> uh, for some reason, you have listened to the end of this podcast and you are not subscribed to the Better Than Fiction Bio podcast. I would urge you go ahead and do that. Hit the like, hit the check mark, the heart sign, thumbs up. Whatever platform you're listening to, yeah, Apple, our main ones plus are. Sign. Yeah, it's a plus sign now. They did a little switcheroo on us. But Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, uh, Last FM, whatever platform you're listening to, we're here for you. We see you. We have not forgotten you. So go ahead and uh, like like this 
uh, podcast. That way, every Tuesday morning, you're going to get a notification when we release a new episode. And you're going to tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that, please do that. And we'll see you here next week. Until then, you guys have a great one. See you next time. Shalom. Yeah, it's it's not going to be as hard as you think. Editing, it'll be okay.